Kinsey Presno, and this is Kindle and Kerosene, a podcast where I share stories and strategies to inspire, encourage, and challenge you to ignite your life. Whether you need a spark to get started or fuel to keep going, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to Kindle and Kerosene. I'm Kinsey Presnell, and I am very, very happy and thankful that you are here today. I hope that your week is going well so far. I hope that wherever you are in your day, maybe it's morning, maybe it's afternoon, maybe it's evening, but you know, I hope that you're rocking right on through the day with a great attitude and that your eyes are wide open looking for opportunities that are all around you. If that's not where you are today, that's totally okay too, right? Maybe you find yourself in a bit of a funk or a bad mood. You know, listen, we all have those days. We do. The key when those days come, right, is understanding that you have the power to turn it around. You don't have to go to bed tonight like, woe is me. This was such a bad day. This was so hard. Like, You have the power to turn it around. You know, you might be in a tough situation, but that doesn't mean that you don't have control over your attitude and how you respond. We have to own up to our responses and we have to understand that we do have control over our actions. And when we start to understand that, we can start climbing out of the hole. We can start climbing out of the just funk that sometimes we find ourselves in. You know, maybe it takes a smile or a laugh or listen to a joke, watch a funny meme, whatever it is. But, you know, life is way too short to be bitter and mad for an extended period of time. So we have to recognize those times and we have to decide to turn it around and get out of the hole. But speaking of bitter and mad, I want to talk about haters today. Haters. You know, those people who constantly have something to say about how someone else is doing something. Or those people that are just always so quick to criticize. You know, Josh and I were watching a documentary on a climber named uh, Nims Perja last week. And he's from Nepal. He is an absolutely incredible climber. You know, I've never climbed anything uh, noteworthy, if you will. I've gone on some good hikes, but I've never like climbed a mountain or anything. But he launched a project called Project Possible. And his goal was to climb all the mountains in the world that are over 8,000 meters in just seven months. And I don't know a lot about mountains other than the little that I know about Mount Mount Everest, but there's 14 peaks in the world that are higher than 8,000 meters. And his plan was to summit each of those in seven months. It's just crazy. Like even not understanding the work that it takes to get, you know, to 8,000 meters, like I I understand that this is a big, big deal. I understand that this is absolutely insane. And if you haven't seen the documentary, it's totally worth a watch. This guy just, he radiates positivity and he has a confidence about his climbing that's just contagious, right? He's just like, I don't know, he's always smiling. He's a fun guy to watch. And you just kind of imagine like this is a, this would be a really cool guy to hang out with. Because he would be somebody that's constantly like lifting people up. Like he's an incredible leader. He's leading his team through all these expeditions. And, you know, it's just really, really impressive to see how he does this feat. But, you know, just for reference, he climbed Everest, Mount Everest, and two mountains surrounding Mount Everest, all three over 8,000 meters, in 36 hours. 36 hours. 
right? It usually takes people weeks to summit Everest. Like they plan like this two-week expedition. And if you've ever seen any of the movies or documentaries, like you see just how like crazy this climb can be. So he and his team, he had a couple guys with him and they carried all of their own gear. They checked and reset the climbing lines along the way because a lot of these mountains they were climbing, you know, hadn't been accessed in a really long time. It wasn't, you know, Mount Everest that had a million people on him. He raised all of his own money. He had no outside support on the mountain. You know, it wasn't like he had a whole team like standing by. Obviously, he had his helicopter taking to him from like mountain to mountain that he was going to climb. But like he, he didn't have this whole support crew constantly with him. He has guys climbing and that was about it. And the guy experienced an incredible amount of adversity along the way. And you just watch him from trying to get people to buy into his idea and give him money to, you know, weather and all of these other things. Like he just keeps overcoming obstacle after obstacle. And apparently one other person has reached the summit of all 14 of these mountains. Like one other person in the history of whatever, climbing, record keeping, whatever. But it took this guy 16 years, 16 years to climb all 14 peaks. So, you know, he's talking like one a year. This guy's trying to do one every two weeks. So the other guy, he was self-sufficient as well, and he did not use oxygen. And, you know, this is kind of where the light bulb went off for me because they start interviewing and talking to all these people, a lot of them in the climbing community and other experts. And so they bring up the controversy of oxygen. And so Nims and his team were using the assistance of oxygen above 6,000 meters. So they would climb without, and then at 6,000 meters, when obviously the air gets really, really thin, they would put their oxygen mask on and go ahead and sum at the top. So this raised questions about whether this absolutely incredible accomplishment that this guy is doing, right? He's, he's doing something that no one's ever even come close to doing or even thought of doing, right? But there, it's all of a sudden being clouded by the fact that he's using oxygen. He has the assistance of oxygen. You know, you're listening to all these people talk and Josh has turned over on the couch immediately and he's like, God, he's like, haters are always going to hate. Like, haters are always going to hate. And that got me thinking, like, it is so true. It doesn't matter how incredible the accomplishment, how much of a positive impact you're making, how hard you're trying. Like, someone is going to hate on you. Someone's going to have something crappy to say about what you're doing. They're going to judge it. They're going to say it could have been better. Like, mind you, they're not doing it. Right, but someone is going to hate on you. And, you know, it, it sucks, right? But it's true. Haters are alive and well, and they love nothing more than to hate on something, someone doing a really great thing. It's like that's one true, like, light bulb moment. When people start hating on you a lot of times, it's a good indicator for me, like, I'm moving in the right direction. Because people hate when they feel threatened. People see somebody doing something incredible and it's like if in their mind they can't like imagine themselves doing it or they feel bad about themselves, immediately they pass judgment on what they're doing and what that person's doing and they start to hate on them. So I kind of view, view hate, although I am an incredibly sensitive person and it hurts my feelings really bad when someone says like, you know, something negative to me or about me or about what we're doing in the gym. It, it hurts my feelings really bad, but it's also a really good indicator to me that I'm probably on the right path. 
So when it comes to haters, I believe that there are two types. There is the unintentional hater and there is the intentional hater. And I want to talk about the intentional hater first. And, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time here because you will not change these people. You are not going to change these people. They are the ones that have something negative to say about everything. Everything. You know you've met them. Like they're all over the place. Someone does something great. These people are quick to judge and knock them. They use condescending words. Things are never good enough. They have an excuse as to why the other person succeeded. Always. It's like someone does something really great and they make up an excuse as to why they did it. Instead of just saying, man, that's really incredible. Like good for them. Look at all the hard work they did. It's like, yeah, but, or, you know, it's just, I know you know who I'm talking, like the people that I'm talking about because you've met them. They're like a time and energy suck and they will never be pleased. Like they will never be pleased. There will always be something else. Like, yeah, you did really good, but, (laughs) you know, it's like, and all of a sudden you're like really excited and then they're just throw, they got to throw the butt in there, right? They have to find something to hate on. And as a people pleaser, like I am 100%, if you listen to me talk, like you know I am a people pleaser at heart. It is really easy for me to get trapped by feeling like I need to make a hater happy or I need to get their approval. Like I work really, really hard to like try and try and try and try to make this person happy or to get them to say, hey, Kenzie, great job, right? But in reality, I'm wasting my time and energy here. So they might, this is what happens with them, right? And this is where they string me along. I don't maybe they string you along too, but. They might tease with a compliment, but half the time it's like a backhanded compliment and other times it will quickly be followed. Like they'll give the compliment, right? You did great, but right. It'll quickly be followed with what you aren't doing well. And I don't know why these people are out there or why we constantly have to find ourselves around them, but they are there. They are abundant and they aren't going anywhere, right? So we have to understand how to deal with them. We have to be able to recognize the intentional haters of the world, and we must work really, really hard to distance ourselves from their words and opinions. Listen, a hater will give his or her opinion regardless of whether you ask, but how you take and digest those words is 100% up to you. And I think it all starts with recognition. It all starts with recognition. It all starts with understanding who is speaking the words. Is it somebody that's worth listening to or is it somebody that always has something to say? (laughs) Right? If they always have something to say, chances are probably not worth listening to. If they're not somebody that is an expert and that is already doing what you're doing and they're doing it really, really well, that's somebody I'm probably not going to listen to. If someone's going to try to criticize me on something that I'm doing, but they've never done it and they can't do it better than me, I'm going to really think twice about whether or not I'm going to listen to them. But their words, right? Sure, they they really, really hurt sometimes. And again, like I said, I'm one of those people that gets my feelings hurt by what others say. But then I have to go back and look at who said those words. right? I have to look at who they're coming from. Opinions and words of haters are not worth my time and they aren't worth yours either. Right, you have to look internally here too. You have to know your intentions. And I think we all do. 
You have to think about like your heart. You have to know what's in your heart. You can't let haters damage your spirit. Because what they do, what they do so well is plant doubt. They plant doubt. They make you doubt your ability. They make you doubt whether you're capable. They make you doubt your work. Right? So what all that turns into is just damaging your spirit. So you have to guard your spirit when these people start talking to you. You have to keep going. You have to keep working. You have to let their words go in one ear and out the other. And I know this makes no sense, right? But I said it at the beginning of this. You have to be thankful for their words. Because haters don't usually hate on people that are sucking at life. They don't. If you're like at the bottom of the barrel, you're sucking along, you're just like drifting through your life, haters aren't going to have a lot to say to you. They hate on people that are doing good things. They do. So when you feel like people are hating on you, you just might be my, moving in the right direction. So be grateful, right? Be grateful. But distance yourself from them, right? But since we aren't going to spend like, like, We're not going to change these people. We're not going to get rid of the intentional haters. They are just going to hang out and they are going to be around, right? Since we aren't going to change them, I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. I want to talk about how we deal with them, but I don't want to spend a lot of time with them. And as long as you learn to recognize one, you can begin to deal with them. But what I do want to talk about today is the unintentional hater. Why? Because we can all be one. Me, you, pretty much everybody. We can all be an unintentional hater. Yikes, right? It's kind of like not nice to say because I want to be nice to people. I don't want to bring people down. But I've been an unintentional hater many times. Right? I've been one, you've been one. How? Like we don't mean to be, right? I don't think we go out into the conversation being like, I'm going to hate on this person. No, we don't mean to be. But our words and language can quickly turn us into a hater. And that's why we have to be so careful in how we speak. Listen, this is something that I really, really, really have to work on. Because faults are very, very easy for me to find. And I think for most of us, like, it's really easy to look around and point out all the faults. It is. And for me, I point them out way more than I should most of the time. Like, it's easy to judge something or someone. But through our judgment, what happens is we move into the hater language. And guys, it is so easy to unintentionally hate on someone or something. It really is. Like we see something, someone doing something that we think is dumb or wrong or we don't understand or it's different than the way that we do something. So we like throw a quick one-liner out. Like, oh my God, can you believe they're doing this? It's so stupid. I can't believe they did that. Right? I might be speaking from experience here, but that one-liner isn't building anyone up. And what I've had to think about through the years, especially like as I work on my language is like, I should never discount someone's hard work. And I do a lot, right? That's where judgment comes in. Like someone works really, really hard and I don't, I, I don't agree with what they're doing or I think they could do it a different way or a better way. And so like, I'll criticize it instead of celebrating their work and what they're doing, and the fact that they are working, they're not sitting on their butt, right? Why can't I celebrate that? Why do I have to point out what they're doing wrong or what I think they could do different? 
So I think that's something that we all could take away today is like, don't discount or hate on someone's hard work. Celebrate it. Right? Celebrate it. And when we think about being an unintentional hater, we have to not only think about the words that we speak to or about someone else, right? Because the faults are alive and well. We're pointing them out left and right. We're seeing everything that we do better that they don't, whatever. But we also have to consider the words that we speak to ourselves. Because a lot of times we are hating on ourselves all the time. We have to think about how often we speak down to ourselves. And I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a lot. For most of us, it is a lot. Like we're constantly reminding ourselves why we're not good enough or why we're not where we want to be or how we messed up. Right? The stories playing in our head are often full of very, very negative language. They aren't building us up. Instead, they're reinforcing why we'll never be where we want to be. Like constant reinforcement. Well, yeah, that's why you did this again. You know, just like little one-liners that are constantly playing over and over and over. And so one good question to ask, like, and this is a lot of times when you find yourself in a funk, we'll, we'll actually start to listen, right? A lot of times we're not even listening to what's happening in our head. So, but when we find ourselves in a funk or a place or we're just down, a lot of times we'll finally start listening. And so a good question to ask when you hear that voice in your head pipe up, that one telling you, you know, like, yeah, duh, you did it again. You always do this you know, whatever it is, I would ask myself, would I say this out loud to one of my kids or would I say this to one of my friends? And if you aren't an intentional hater that's just mad at the world, I'm guessing the answer is likely no. I would never say that to somebody else. Well, this is a good indicator that that story, this language, it's not building you up either. Right? If you wouldn't say it to your kid, why are you saying it to yourself? Listen to your stories. They are playing constantly. And I really, really believe that before we can work and really improve the language and how we speak to others, we have to address the hater in our own story first. We do. Because we've all heard that saying, hurt people hurt people, right? Hurt people hurt people. I tell my kids that all the time when somebody's mean to them at school or says something. I'm like, you know, they probably have something going on that's way deeper than you. Because when people are hurting, they hurt others. Well, guess what confident people do? They build others up. Confident people aren't around hating on people. Like, they're not. They're building others up. So if you address the stories in your head and you begin to remove the hateful language, you will begin to become more confident. And the more confident that you are, the less you will feel the need to judge someone else, to talk down to someone else, or to talk about someone else in a negative way. Change begins with us, friends. It does. It begins with the story that we're playing in our head. And as you start working on this, here's some words to listen for. And I know these are words that kind of come up in my stories a lot of times or my language a lot of times that are typically cue to I am in a negative thinking pattern or a negative language pattern. And they are always, never, can't, try, everyone, and but. 
right? And again, they're not always cues to negative speech, but they are worth listening for and then replaying when you hear them. Things like, I always mess up. I never get it right. I can't do this. I'll try. Everyone at work does things different. I would, but, right? This can be in your self-talk or it can be as you're talking to others. These words come with broad, general statements that usually drift on the side of negative. That's the thing, too. A lot of times, the broader the statement, the more potential they have to become negative. Our language, guys, it is so important. It can build others up and make them feel empowered, or it can tear others down and make them feel like they're never going to be good enough. This goes when we speak to others and to ourselves. What if we did our best to speak in a way that left others feeling like they could conquer life? And so often, instead, we bully, most of the time unintentionally, or we judge. And it usually goes back to a lack of self-confidence when we start speaking that way. We bring down or bully so that we make the other first person feel bad about themselves too. Right? If I feel crappy about myself, I should make you feel bad too. Guys, why? We have enough going on and the world is a dark enough place. Why do we keep choosing to tear ourselves and those around us down instead of building them up? And I would say like, especially guys, those of us in a place of influence, right? If you're a parent, if you coach in any capacity, if you lead in any capacity, like we have got to watch our words because our job as a coach, as a trainer, as a parent, as a leader is to empower and build others up, right? Not to bring them to our level if we're having a crappy day, right? It's to lift those around us up. And when we use language that makes people feel bad about themselves, like they're not good enough or they're not doing enough or they're not able to do something, right? It really plants a negative seed in their head. And that has a ripple effect. Like when we make someone through our words, like someone that trusts us, when we're coaching someone or our kids that trust us, when we put this seed of doubt in them through our language, Guess what? Now they're fighting this story and now they're hurting. And so now what do they do? They go make somebody else feel bad. It's a ripple effect, guys. So it can start with us. Like, let's celebrate what they're doing right. Let's celebrate what they're doing right. Let's not make them feel like they're incapable or they can't do something or they're doing something wrong or everyone... Right, the word everyone drives me crazy because it's like, I was talking to somebody and they're like, well, everyone that lifts weights gets hurt. Really? Everyone? Right, now all you've done by saying that is planting a seed of doubt in every single person that walks into the gym to try to get healthier and lift weights. Everyone that lifts weights gets hurt. Well, why would I lift weights then? But that's not, it's not true. It's like bullying Maybe you're not good at lifting weights. So now you want to make everybody think that, or maybe you got hurt lifting weights. But everybody that lifts weights doesn't get hurt. Everybody that lifts weights doesn't do it wrong. Have you seen everybody? Like, and and so that's the, that's the other thing too. It's just like, we really just have to be so careful. 
You know, instead of being like, hey, you know what? You should really get in the gym five days a week. Well, let's celebrate the fact they walked in twice this week. Right? Hey, it's so great to see you. I'm so glad you're here. It's going to be a great workout for you. Our kids, when they do something, you know, they, that they don't want them to do. Right? Let's look at what they did do right. Instead of just pointing out what they didn't do. And I have to be so careful with this with my, my son, you know, because he's so different from me. And there's a lot of things, you know, I'm like, I'm so quick to point out the C that he brings home in school instead of celebrating the A. I am. I can't believe you didn't do this. You should have studied harder. Da, 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 da. Instead of looking at like, wow, you did a really great job in this. How did you, how did you do that? What things did you do in, in math to get the A? Right? Why don't we reinforce some of the positive things instead of quickly pointing out the things they did wrong? So let's commit to watching our words this week. Let's commit to that. And again, if you've got a hater in your circle, understand that you're not going to change them. But work really, really hard to not allow their words or opinions to bring you down. If possible, distance yourself as much from them as you can. Right? They're like little gnats that constantly buzz in your ear sometimes. It's like they never shut up. They never stop talking. It's just like one good cue. They're probably a hater. They never stop talking, right? There's just like constant annoyance in your ear. Like just get away as much as you can and understand that they're likely dealing with something that is very much an internal issue and they're simply projecting that issue onto others, right? So let's just, let's, let's do that with the intentional haters. Let's get away as much as we can. And then if we can't get away, what goes in comes out. We understand they're dealing with something that's way bigger than us. And then let's give the unintentional haters a little grace because we understand that we can be one too sometimes. Start working on your own words so that your confidence grows. So when you're confident, you're much less affected by the hateful words and judgment of others. At the end of the day, just think about what words you're choosing. Listen to your speech. Listen to what you're saying out loud. Look at what you're writing. Are your words building you and those around you up? Are they making you and those around you feel like they are strong and capable and equipped to take on the obstacles that life throws? Guys, this is different than the world, right? The world is critical, very critical. The world is always like what you did wrong instead of what you did right. Quick to point out what you did wrong, slow to point out what you did right. So let's just be different, right? Let's build each other up and let's empower others. But that is what I've got for you guys today. I hope that this episode was helpful and that it opened your eyes a little to how each one of us can begin to change our language so that we become builders instead of haters. Guys, we want to build. We don't want to tear down. Y'all have an awesome day. If there's anything you need from me, please, please, please let me know and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find me on social media at Fixed On Fitness. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Go have an awesome day.